Hello, my name is Dr Tesh Amarasinghe and I'm a GP working in the UK. I've been qualified as a GP for the last five years and I've been working as a doctor for a total of 11 years. Today I'm going to be presenting a case to you. It's about the skin and I'll be asking you some questions as you go along. So if you want, have a piece of paper and a pen ready so you can write down some ideas, thoughts and answers as you go along and any notes for reference. So let's begin. You are a student GP in a busy semi-rural practice. Your next patient is a 42 year old man who's booked in by reception complaining of a skin rash. When he walks in, you notice he's got very fair white skin. Around the edges of his forehead, near the hairline, you see red flaky patches. He sits down and you greet him. What's a good first question you can ask him? Examples of questions that you could start the consultation with include how may I help you today or what seems to be the problem today. You could also mention that you'd read about the rash by saying something along the lines of I notice you've been booked in to discuss a skin rash today, could you tell me more about it? Once you've started the consultation with a nice open question like this then you give the patient ideally about a minute or so to give their story to you about what's been going on. It's best to start the consultation this way because it will allow the patient to set their own agenda for the consultation and by that I mean if you start asking lots and lots of very specific questions about the rash straight away the patient might feel like they're not able to say the main concern that they've got and that they're being led by you rather than the patient themselves leading the consultation. So once the patient's given their story of what's happened, you might want to start asking some more closed questions to get more details. The gentleman tells you that he's been having this rash for the last few months. Since it started, he's tried multiple different creams to try and help reduce the flakiness and redness and he finds it quite itchy and irritated as well. Nothing so far has worked and everything seems to be making it work. He's very self-conscious about the rash because it's very obvious as it's on his face and his colleagues can see it as well. He tries washing his skin frequently to see if that will help, but again, this seems to be making the rash worse. He's come to the end of his tether and he's hoping you can prescribe him something that will get rid of his rash. Once he is given his initial story, you could either follow up by asking another open question or you could start asking some closed questions to get more finite details about what exactly has happened and ideas about what this rash could be caused by and that could help guide you to work out how to treat it best. So can you think of any closed questions that you could ask about the rash? There are many different questions you could ask and some examples include things like when did the rash first start? If you ask a patient when did the rash first start and they can't give you an answer or look like they're a little bit flustered by it because they really can't remember, you could turn the question around and ask something like when do you last remember having healthy skin? Or when do you last remember not having to worry about the rash? Sometimes people find it easier to remember how long it's been going on for by thinking about the last time that they didn't have to worry about it. You might also ask different questions like, has it been spreading? Is there a rash anywhere else on your body? Does the rash ever bleed? Does it get worse in hot or cold weather? Have you ever had a rash like this before? That's a really important question. If they answer that they have had this rash before, 
You might then follow up and ask, so what happened then? Did any treatments work at the time? Was there anything you did that may have made it better back then? Then it's a good idea to ask about the typical history-taking questions. So asking about any other medical conditions, any medications that he takes, whether he smoked, whether he has alcohol very much. And also it's incredibly important in a skin history to ask what a person does for a living. Now do this as politely as possible. So you might want to just ask something straightforward, like what do you do for a living? Or you might ask something like, is your workplace very dusty? Or what sort of environment are you working in? Ask about family history. Find out whether anyone else in the family suffers with problems with their skin ask about any allergies the patient might have. You then go on to examine the patient. What are you looking for when you're looking at his skin? So there are many different things you can look for when you're examining someone's skin. And some of the main things are, are there any color changes? And I'd mentioned that he had some redness in the patches around the forehead. Look at the texture of the skin and also, if possible, with clean hands, just feel along the skin and the rash. See if it feels rough or smooth. Is it raised or is it flat to the skin? If there's any bleeding points or open sores, of course, try not to touch those to help prevent infection. Look to see if there are any little blisters in the skin. Notice if there's any crusting. Sometimes with things like staphylococcal infections, there can be things like a typical yellowish crust. Notice if there are scratch marks around the skin. That can show whether it's been a very itchy rash and you might want to think about things like allergy. And of course, don't just look at the obvious rash. Have a look at the whole body if possible. See what the patient's comfortable with. You might first want to ask, is the rash anywhere else? And then ask whether your patient is happy for you to have a look and check other parts of their body. In the case of this gentleman, he also had some red flaky patches on his hands near the wrists. Consider the patient's ideas about their medical condition. So for this patient, you might want to ask something along the lines of, what do you think might be causing this rash? During the first part of the consultation, he mentioned that he tried many different creams without any success so far. You might want to ask something like, what creams did you try and for how long did you use them? In the case of this gentleman, he mentions to you that he thinks it might be the UV lights in his office that are setting off his skin rash. You ask him why he believes this and he tells you, I've had an allergy test at the local food shop and that's shown that I don't have any specific allergies but I've noticed that whenever I go into work and I'm under the fluorescent lights, then this rash gets much worse. And when I have a few days off work, the rash seems to get better. What can you gather from that story? Well, the rash seems to get worse whenever this patient is at work and improves when he has a little bit of time at home. This could possibly mean an irritation caused by the light, although that is an extremely unusual presentation and isn't very likely. What else could it be? Well, as you might know, many skin conditions can be linked to mental well-being and feelings of stress. So the problem might be that when the patient is going to work, he's feeling particularly stressed. And so that's having an effect on his skin condition and causing it to flare up. When he has some time at home, he feels less stressed and therefore his skin starts to calm down. You do sometimes see this in general practice and that is much more likely than skin irritation caused by fluorescent lighting. What do you do next? Well, it's about time to think about offering some treatment. What is the number one thing that needs to be considered when you're treating dry, rough and scaly conditions of the skin? That's right, it's moisturisation. 
So using an emollient is a very, very good first step when it comes to treating skin rashes. It's important to note that this patient noticed that their rash was getting worse each time that they were using different over-the-counter creams. So you prescribe him a medical grade emollient on prescription and you recommend that he uses it as often as possible during the day, preferably three or four times a day and more if possible. You also recommend that he stops using soaps and switches over to washing using the emollient instead. You put in a careful little reminder that he should be careful not to slip when he's using emollients to wash with because they can sometimes make the bath quite slippery. You also prescribe him a mild steroid cream. Because you're treating the face, you go for a mild hydrocortisone cream. 1% should do the trick to start with. You're prescribing the emollients and the mild steroid cream because you think that this patient has eczema, a very common dry skin condition suffered by many people all around the world. The patient goes away and tries the medications. A few weeks later, you see the same gentleman in clinic again. His rash has not got any better. What do you do now? You decide to try a stronger steroid cream. So this time you try some betnovate cream. You ask him to use the betnovate cream in a very small amounts. You teach him the fingertip rule where the length of steroid cream that's enough to cover the pad of his little finger would cover two palms surface area of the skin. So you ask him to apply the steroid cream very thinly. You settle on a trial of this new steroid cream for about two weeks and then to review with him in clinic again. Two weeks pass and you see the patient in clinic. His rash has got worse despite using emollient multiple times a day and using the steroid cream. What can you do next? In the case of this patient, you decide to send him to the dermatology specialist because things are getting worse rather than better with the traditional treatments. In the meantime, because the rash is very itchy and it's now spreading onto the body as well, you decide to give a trial of oral steroids. A five-day course of prednisolone might help to reduce the itching and the inflammation, but you do this very cautiously and explain all the possible side effects to the patient. He's happy to give it a go and goes away. You see the patient a few months later in clinic and his rash has still not got better. The dermatologist had suggested trying a much, much stronger steroid cream called mimetazone on the face and although it had had some initial minimal effect overall the rash was still there. The patient leaves and is quite disgruntled. You're not sure what to do next because you feel you've reached the ceiling with how much steroid treatment you can give and the patient's already moisturising frequently. So what do you think happened later on? Well, a few more months passed and you see the patient in clinic. They've got very clear skin and there's no longer any redness or flaking. You ask them, I saw you for your skin earlier on in this year and it wasn't getting better with all the traditional treatments. What happened? Because now you've got such clear skin. And the patient tells you, it turned out that it was all the different moisturisers I was using. I was finding that those different moisturisers, both over the counter and the prescribed ones, were causing my skin's irritation. When I started using coconut oil-based moisturisers that I made myself, then slowly my skin began to heal. I stopped using anything else on my face, especially the emollients, and that had an immediate benefit. The redness stopped and the flaking stopped. What do you think happened in this case? Although quite an unusual case, it was a very interesting presentation. The answer is, this patient suffered from a contact dermatitis caused by different chemicals that are used in emollients and moisturisers. It was difficult to pinpoint exactly which chemical was causing the problem, but it's likely that several of the different types of chemicals that were found in both the over-the-counter medications and the emollients that were prescribed 
could have been causing the irritation. When the patient switched to a very plain, greasy oil to moisturise instead of using any of these products, it meant that they were removing the allergen from contact with the skin and that gave the skin a chance to heal. In addition, using the greasiest possible moisturiser is often a very good way to treat any sort of eczema or dry skin condition. The greasier, the better. So, the patient had removed the allergens that were found in all of these different moisturisers that he had been using over the counter, and now, on top of that, he was helping to protect the barrier skin layer by adding on a really greasy oil from the coconut oil. This case was particularly interesting because it shows that some patients truly are the experts in their own health. It also shows that although the traditional treatments for dry skin conditions like atopic or contact eczema are advisable for most patients, there will occasionally be some patients whose skin reacts to the products that we prescribe. I hope you found this case interesting and if you want to follow any of my information then please do follow my Instagram page Dr. Tesh. I wish you luck in your ongoing studies. Bye!